Today, we're going to talk about the fashion world's effect on the real world's environment and steps you can take to reduce your fashion footprint. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just Nas Science Podcast. Each episode, we debunk ridiculous yet common science misconceptions we find online and get just a little salty about them. I'm your favorite science teacher, Lauren. And I am twice forgotten about this, Nick. (laughs) Before we get started, Lauren identified an extremely misleading article headline about a recent CDC study. We'll have a brief video about what the study actually says, as well as the article headline. If you're interested, check out our Instagram. That's where you can find it, at JustNASScience. So today, we wanted to go through some common myths about the fashion industry and just kind of give you the scoop behind them, kind of like we do with every episode. They are very common myths because they're very pervasive in society because I believed every single one of them. Yeah, I believe most of them too. So I think there's a big issue with like the fashion world being very closed off to everyone else. So that's why I thought it was really important because we wanted to kind of revisit climate change a little bit since it's been overshadowed with COVID this year. And this year, I mean, like, I don't know, this year has been like January, February, now it's October. So I don't really know (laughs) where the year went. But yeah, so you haven't really heard much about climate in news. So we want to kind of like re revisit that and bring it to the forefront. So we figured let's talk about fast fashion and fashion in general. Right, you know, it's back to school season. People buying new clothes. We probably should have did this a month ago. True, true. <laughs> I just went shopping at TJ Maxx. Now that I'm thinking about it, we we really are behind the, the eight ball on this one. Behind the times. Oh, well. Anyway, myth number one. This one was a little crushing to me. Donating old clothes to a thrift store is a sustainable way to clean out your closet. In my house, we have a constant pile of clothes to be donated. Which I don't know where the clothes come from. It's because my mom has clothes in every single closet, every single drawer in this house. It is unreal. She's never thrown out an item of clothing in like 50 years. I made it a point that like we're not going to throw anything out. We're going to donate them. Now, granted, we donate to Vietnam veterans of America and some churches in the area. But this says that most donated clothes, especially in the U.S., likely end up being shipped overseas to resale markets in developing countries, especially in Africa. And only about 10% of that clothing um, that's given to thrift stores is actually sold. And so there was a 2016 research project that was entitled Dead White Man's Clothes. It found that the largest secondhand market in Ghana, 15 million items are unloaded each week. And the team concluded that 40% of that clothing in each bale just becomes waste. And so it's either dumped into the already overflowing landfills, the Gulf of Guinea, or burned in the slums. Which, I mean, what else are you going to do with it? If no one's buying it, no one wants it. I mean, you're going to either throw it out or you do something. And I didn't really, I didn't know burning it was an option. Yeah, a lot of, that I recently found out that a lot of extra clothes, I guess you'd say, or th- Sometimes I've I've heard like sometimes like to keep the demand a certain way, like they will burn a lot of items in the fashion world, which is just crazy to me. It's like we have so many issues out there and people are just 
burning tons of clothes and items. I, yeah, I don't understand why these items can't go to people who actually need it. Like, where is the flaw in the system that's preventing people who really need clothes from getting them? Well, I was reading in one of these articles that the less fortunate people in America, right, who could use clothes is actually not enough to consume all of the donated clothes that we have in America because we buy so much and we end up donating so much that it it really has flooded the donation market. So I'm really curious to know because I also read that no matter where you donate, it's all basically going to the same place. So I really want to find out if Vietnam veterans ships this stuff overseas or if it's really going to veterans. Yeah, it would be interesting. It's kind of like how in, in food products or like different household brands, you think you're buying something from a different company, but almost every brand you can think of is owned by one of like six or eight different Nestle. parent companies. <laughs> yeah, Nestle owns so much shit. It's I, that like even... blew my mind a few years ago. I'm like, what? Nestle owns Dasani? Yes. Yeah, so it's it's things like that. But that's actually kind of a good segue the, the idea of buying less things into our next myth. So myth number two is that luxury fashion is more eco-friendly than fast fashion. There was an episode of Science Rules with Bill Nye the Science Guy very recently. It was, I just listened to it a couple of days ago. And it's a podcast favorite of mine. And he had a guest. It was supermodel Carly Kloss who came on and talked about not only how amazing her program code with uh what is it code with carly or code with Klaus? i don't know you're the one that looked this up i thought you knew what her program was but either way it's it's a program to help young girls get into into stem anyway they were also talking about the fashion industry because she's a supermodel and they were asking is the fashion industry making any changes or any steps towards more environmentally friendly or sustainable options and she said yes it is however the large driver for change in the fashion world is due to demand from the customer which was remarkable to me if you ever think your voice or your decision making can't make a difference this goes to show that it is absolutely not the case Putting your money where your beliefs are matters a lot. That's why I I buy the things that I like and I will not support companies that I don't like what they stand for, what they value. Yeah, we... We stopped willing, eating at Wendy's recently. Yeah, we're, we're willing to pay the extra dollar to support companies with similar beliefs. When we know that, you know, like when we right. discover this stuff, we're like, oh, you know, kind of had to change our habits with a few things like some fast food that... You probably shouldn't be eating, but we dabble in once in a while, which I know isn't a luxury everyone has, extra money to do that. But, you know, we, we try to be supportive of companies that support our values. Yeah, right. It's, it's when you can, right? That's the idea. You, you do things when you have the opportunity to do it. There was actually a recent study by a company called Audrey, which is like a, they're on the business side of the fashion industry. And they looked at the carbon footprint of fashion buyers from... 2,600 or so retail brands and just over 5,000 ready-to-wear designers who, that attended International Fashion Weeks over a 12-month period. And the report found that there was 241,000 tons. Apparently, there's a difference between British or metric tons and U.S. tons. It's a lot of fucking tons of CO2, <laughs> which is a, a, the pro- predominant greenhouse gas that was being emitted 
And the same amount of energy being used in the fashion industry just for fashion weeks over a year could power Times Square for 58 years. I also read that it's basically the same amount of energy output as a small country. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a ton. I mean, you can do so much with that energy, and yet it's for fashion weeks. It's for stupid fashion weeks. Which, does anybody even watch those anymore? Like, Are I remember, they even on TV anymore? Well, I, I mean, I guess probably not, right? Because then, then if everybody gets to see it, then there's no exclusivity. The only one I really know that was like, televised was the victoria's secret one yeah but that that doesn't count that's the only one i know of Uh, yeah me too i couldn't name a single other one anyway i know there's like new york fashion week and like uh paris yeah sure sure you know to to use that much energy on something that i mean i don't even know what the purpose is and and another anecdote from the bill nye episode that I just listened to was that by the time someone watches the fashion show, it's going to be six or so months before the clothing becomes available, where in the fashion industry, it's not even worth wearing anymore. Like that's, that's, you're already moved on from that. I know. Like, look at it. We got like Christmas stuff in the stores and it was like August already. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like things move on so quickly, but so where do you think all this tons of energy comes from? Is it like everyone flying into the fashion shows? And is it like all the lighting and stage production? Yeah. And I guess... It's flights and, and transportation. It's energy using for, uh, use from hotels, from transit. Then you have the actual manufacturing of all the clothes and the, right. you know whatever effects they have at the shows and all that kind of stuff and then the time at the actual shows i mean there's there's a a bunch of different aspects that are involved but i would imagine travel to and from all these fashion shows and all the the guests the the models their producers all the tv crew the journalists whoever i mean there's there's a lot of people that travel to these events over the course of a year i mean yeah air travels so releases so many carbon emissions that's why like I was happy to kind of scale back and that thing scaled back with, with COVID and that people were just traveling less and it was like clearing up p- pollution a lot for that small window of time. People don't realize, like, especially like people our age, they'll just like travel the world nonstop. And like, I get it. It's amazing. But you have to like sit back and think about the impact you're having on the environment that lasts hundreds of years. Because that car- those carbon emissions, methane, any of those greenhouse gases can live anywhere from 20 to like 200 years in the- once they're released in the atmosphere. So it's not like a, oh, it was they were being released during my flight, but now they're gone. No, they're, they're there for well beyond after you die. Moving on. Myth number three. Brands that promote sustainability are sustainable. So the issue with this is, and this is actually an issue with food and any other like natural products, that there's no official criteria for the word sustainable. It's just one of those greenwashing buzzwords like natural or eco, right, that people just or companies just put on their products to make you think that you are making good choices for the environment, you're reducing your footprint, but there is actually no change in their production whatsoever. And it really kind of diminishes the whole market that is trying to be more sustainable and being more environmentally friendly. So be careful of those greenwashing words and really 
be like a detective when you're looking at these products and try to look into these companies a little bit deeper than you would. It's it's kind of like the word superfoods in nutrition. Like there is no such thing as a superfood. That's clever marketing. Yes. What? There are nutrient-dense, nutrient-rich foods, but there's no such thing as a superfood. It just sounds good in a commercial. What the hell is an avocado then? It's an avocado. Oh my God, I've been lied to. <laughs> Acai is not magical. I love it, but you know, anyway. My car has eco mode. And yeah, I'm, too. <laughs> I'm convinced it does nothing. I notice the eco button goes on when I take my foot off the pedal <laughs> and I'm not accelerating. Which, so, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm just coasting and they're like, yeah, you're in eco mode, hardcore. <laughs> no, I have a button that I press that like, just keeps my car in eco mode. And I don't know how that works. Yeah. Do I just like not get to accelerate as fast? But eventually I'll be reaching whatever speed, right? They can't, they can't like maximize or, or you know throttle how much like how fast i can go so what does it do like maybe just burning your gas slower but then why not make that the default it's america baby myth number four most clothes can be recycled and this is something that i learned like two hours ago many clothes happen to be a mix of fabrics and they'd have to be separated to be made into a new garment Less than 14% of clothes in the U.S. end up actually being recycled. And this reminds me of, um, I think a few years back, H&M. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were doing this like garment collecting program. And if you bring in a bag of your old clothes, I don't even know if they had to be H&M specific clothes. But you just bring in a bag of clothes and they would give you like 15% off on your purchase of your new items. And they said they were using it to recycle, but... You know, I, I looked it back up today and, and the information on the website was like very vague. It seemed very like outdated. A lot of the images were no longer there. And it was like, it was like an old forgotten website that no one ever took down or that updated. That is such clever marketing because what they're doing is they are getting people to bring in any and all clothes. They don't care what brand because the, I can almost guarantee what they're going to do is they're going to give you a discount which ensures more money in their pocket because 15% off of $7 or whatever shirt is, is not a lot of money. So they're not really getting into their profit margins. And what they're probably going to do with all those clothes that they are getting in mass bulk is just sell them. They're going to resell them to another company. And now they're making that money, that the 15% off that they just gave you, they are making that back and more because they didn't have to spend anything to get product to sell. Yeah, and then maybe you're more likely to come into H&M versus another store because you're like, oh, well, I'm helping the environment. Yeah, I'm yeah recycling, that's another aspect. You know, and so it is. It's a little clever, sneaky, sneaky. So myth number five. The myth is it's not worth to repair cheap clothes. That's just so not true. I just think in our culture in particular, we're not, that's not the norm to repair clothes. It's like, oh, something broke, something ripped, just get rid of it or donate it. But in fact, repairing zippers and patches not only saves you money, but it saves the environment. Which brings me to Nick's pants. <laughs> Just leave me alone. I'm, I I didn't throw them out. I didn't try He to... wanted to throw out a pair of jeans. And I said, no, like, we could just bring them up the block and have them repair the zipper. Not a big deal. And then he it promptly reminded me that there was also a big hole in the crotch, too, that needed to be repaired. Okay, it's like, called... What are you doing in your jeans? It's called free advertising. <laughs> 
I've never met someone with so many holes in their crotch before. <laughs> Why are you putting my shit on blast like that? I'm, I'm just saying. It just fits with the episode. But seriously, like, something's going on there. Okay. Uh, and I agreed that I would get them fixed. We need to find them. I don't know where they went. They're somewhere. I promise I didn't throw them out. We also had a shirt that he was supposed to, we were going to put in the donation pile like two months ago. And for some reason, it just keeps ending up in the wash. And every time I fold laundry, I'm like, God damn it, this shirt again. <laughs> but it's it's remarkable because I don't put it in the hamper to get washed. Nick doesn't put any clothes in the hamper. He okay, puts okay. on top of the hamper this or is... on the floor next to the hamper. We are getting so far off topic. <laughs> we're and we, not, though. And we are only a few minutes away from ending this episode. So. No, uh, but some things you could do, right? So instead of throwing out or donating clothes that need a little bit, little bit of repair, or maybe you just want to freshen up your um, your wardrobe, you could do a clothing swap with friends and family. You maybe want to wait till post COVID now, but that was something that people would do. Um, I know. In college, people used to do that a lot, except nobody ever wanted my clothes because they all sucked. That's because you wore... The- I never had new clothes, so it was like the same... The same rugby shirts. <laughs> you want you like, to talk why- about my shit? Okay, <laughs> let's talk about your ugly-ass rugby shirts. You guys don't want my rugby shirts out at the club? So weird. Um, <laughs> but here's a little tip I came across to, to prevent damage to your clothes and to need repairs in the first place. You should You can wash your clothes less often. Not you, Nick, but some people can wash their clothes less often and on lower temperatures. I always wash my, our clothes on cold, tap water cold, right? Because um, I don't like the idea of using even mo- like more energy. Like you're paying for water once and then you're paying for water that you heat up. So it's like you're paying for it twice over. I don't like that. I'm cheap like that. So I'm going to wash my clothes on cold but also you want to buy clothes that are made of natural fibers because clothes that are made of acrylic polyester and nylon actually shed microplastics in each wash and that's a big reason why we have so many microplastics in our oceans so again buy clothes with natural fibers and here's a radical idea you can just the best way to reduce your fashion footprint is to just buy fewer clothes or mend the old worn ones you know when i think about repairing old clothes i just picture some old like professor who has some like tweed jacket with like big sewn on patches and stuff and it just it looks ridiculous to me but i know that that's my imagination and it's not what what real repaired clothes don't worry you won't see the patches on your crotch anyway i mean i won't No, they've come a long way, and you can get them done professionally for pretty cheap. Myth number six. Your online returns are resold to other customers. Mind blown. That's a myth. So your returns may end up incinerated or in landfills like we suggested at the beginning of the episode. It's often cheaper for companies to just dispose of and get rid of items that are returned than to inspect them, repackage them, put labels on, and the companies may be unwilling to donate the items because it can create some type of fear that they're cheapening or lessening their brand and damaging their exclusivity. Yeah, this is like what I mentioned earlier, that that they have like an abundance of stuff instead of giving it away, you know, especially if it's designer, they're just going to burn that shit. Because if everyone has it, it's not designer anymore. Jewelry companies do this. They, they, they buy up the, the supply of diamonds to yeah. increase demand. 
because yeah. there's fewer diamonds. Meanwhile, there's like diamonds tons. actually aren't rare. It's no. crazy. And the, and the whole idea of diamond engagement rings is a relatively new concept. It's only I think it became really popular in like the 50s or something. Maybe a little bit earlier, but Maybe. guess what? It was an advertisement trick by none other than the diamond industry that made you believe you needed to do this. It was never a thing before. No, back in the olden days, you would go out into the ocean and you would just keep shucking clams and oysters until you found one that made a pearl and then you give (laughs) that to the... I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's one of the reasons why I didn't want a diamond engagement ring. No, we got you some Um, other stone. Yeah, among many other reasons. But this also reminds me of the idea, not long ago, there was a viral TikTok about an employee from Ulta who showed people what happened to the items that they returned there. So she showed you, you and you never think of this. I never thought of this ever before. I always thought this stuff was put back on the shelf, but someone returned an eyeshadow palette. She had to take scissors and scrape out all the eyeshadow. Someone returned conditioner. She had to squeeze out the conditioner. It was all, it's called damaging out by the industry some of it's because they don't want to invest in repackaging relabeling but in terms of something like makeup you don't want to risk infection maybe somebody messed with the product right cross-contamination or something yeah and that i understand right but But a shirt but the bottom line is in anything you buy you should really think twice before buying something you don't really need right whether it's makeup or clothes right you want to Really put some thought into it. I, something, a habit I started doing was if something I want off Amazon especially, I'll put it in my cart and I'll leave it there for days. And if I'm really thinking about it, like I really could use this, blah, blah, then I'll get it. But if I like forget it's even there and I'm like, well, I didn't really need that, then I end up deleting it. It's not what Amazon wants, but you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> no, it's absolutely not what Amazon wants. That's why they put the convenient buy it now button. I know, which I, I'd never use. Oh, me either. No, I got you. Th- think it over because <laughs> listen, Nick, you got so many packages coming. We could definitely yes. No, I that. I agree. I agree. Sometimes it's too easy to buy things. Way too easy. To summarize, the steps that you can take to reduce your fashion footprint is buy less. That's the easy one. Second is to restyle and repair old clothes. And this doesn't, when we say restyle, we do include like clothing swaps with friends, which, you know what, if you're a guy and you're listening to this and you're like, I, I, that's, I don't want some stigma of like changing clothes with another guy. No, fuck that. Who gives a shit? I would absolutely change clothes with my friends. I don't give a fuck as long as they fit. And the last one is to buy secondhand. I will say I, there has been a growing number of groups on Facebook and on, online where they swap babies' clothes and toys just because the kids outgrow that shit so fast and it seems so wasteful. So baby stuff eventually or the kids stuff that they grow out of quickly, that's easy to swap. Yeah, just wash it before you put it on or before you give it to your kid or something. Once you wash it, you know it's clean, so whatever. Yeah, but so why is all this even important? Well, the environment just simply cannot handle the rapid resource extraction that we're doing. The United Nations put out a report stating resource extraction has tripled since 1970, and there has been a 45% increase in fossil fuel use. So the destruction of the environment for resources for things like manufacturing, electronics, 
fast fashion, and fuel contribute to half of all the greenhouse gases and almost all of the biodiversity loss and water stress. Yeah, that's it, a huge problem. And, and we're all guilty of being part of the problem. I know I am. I buy shit on Amazon all the time. And Amazon is terrible for the environment. The plastic filling, the cardboard boxes, the, the constant deliveries. It's, it's not good, right? And I understand that. And I do, I will be making a more conscious effort to buy things either in mass, buying several items at once to reduce packaging, or to just not buy them. And we're not asking that you never buy another iPhone again or anything like that. Like You don't have to make enormous life changes. It's just when possible, take the better option. Maybe go on a 10-minute walk to the store instead of driving. Take mass transit on your next trip to the bar instead of an Uber Black. And if you're definitely set on uber at least make it an uber pool i was gonna say who here is using uber black <laughs> that's way too fancy for our blood listen for us maybe for the wedding <laughs> we'll use uber black. sure listen once in a while special occasion yeah it's it's fine to treat yourself um, we're not saying you have to or maybe we should use uber pool for the wedding i think that would be <laughs> we get it we get into the car in our like wedding gowns and suits with the random person <laughs> I think they would be extremely confused and we would definitely end up on someone's like Instagram story for sure. <laughs> but it's it's the simple choices like that that can really add up and make a big difference. You'd be surprised. And, and who knows? Maybe you work out a different routine. Maybe you learn something about your neighborhood going on a 15-minute walk that you never noticed before. Right. I know change can be scary and it can be uncomfortable, but small little things can kind of get your momentum going. Um, not asking you to be inconvenience yourself but just kind of think about your choices i know it can be really uncomfortable to like one might say even an inconvenient truth shut up okay but it can be really (laughs) uncomfortable to reflect on your habits and admit to yourself that they're not the best right nobody likes to look at themselves in the mirror and be like i've been shitty to the environment today oh i do that every day but about my diet and also the environment so little steps that's all we're suggesting that's going to do it for us today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and especially share it. It takes literal seconds to hit subscribe and click the five-star review button, and it will mean a whole lot to us. Positive ratings and shares on social media are the biggest ways you can help us spread this good, good science to even more people. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Just Nat Science. We're in the process of revamping our Instagram. We're trying to get posts out you know five times a week and we're we're making it more science oriented so we hope that you check it out you can also visit our website justnetscience.com where you can watch youtube videos read blog posts or submit questions and suggest topics for future episodes and don't forget we put out new episodes every tuesday and as always guys thanks for listening later nerds later gators